we open to the words of a mysterious stranger. I need your help. First panel. We return again to city center. A young boy sits reading on a bench besides a fountain. In holographic light, words are projected onto the fountain's falling waters. Horizon City. A real home for real heroes. Looming over the boy stands a disheveled man, his gray hair a scraggly mess sticking out from his baseball cap. His clothing is old, torn, and unwashed. Second panel. The boy, now covered in the homeless man's shadow, looks up to him. The homeless man looks down at the boy. In the background, we see the young couple, drunk on each other's company, stopping to take a picture of themselves. We see the plump man in Harold's deep-fried ham doggers, wearing a wide smile as he watches the world pass him by. We see the five teenagers take over a playground, as is their birthright. Third panel. The homeless man speaks. Can can you spare me some credits? Even one will help. He holds up a small card-like device. Please... Everyone, they they just ignore me. Fourth panel. The kid glances to Harold's deep-fried ham doggers. The plump man with a patchy beard catches the kid's gaze and finds purpose in a salesman's anticipation. Fifth panel. The kid returns his attention to the homeless man and says, Well, I can buy you some food. Sixth panel. No, it's not that. Listen, kids, some some credits would go a long way to really, really helping me turn things around. You know, I could, like, get new clothes, maybe a place to stay a night. There's desperation in the homeless man's eyes. Nicotine stains on his teeth. His skin appears sickly and blemished. Seventh panel. Again, the kid and the homeless man watch each other. In the background, we no longer see the young couple. This was never their story. Eighth panel. Removing a small card-like device of his own from his pocket, the kid holds it up and fiddles with it. His expression says disbelief. His words say, I I don't have much, but I I hope it helps. In the background, we see the plump man closing the ham-dogger stand. Before she had left, his wife had said that he couldn't live a life as a throwaway gimmick. Perhaps she was right. Ninth panel. The homeless man smiles and quickly puts away his card. You're one of the good ones, kid. In the background, we see the teens have dismantled one of the swings from the playground's swing sets and are taking it with them as a souvenir. There will be no consequence for this. Tenth panel. Eleventh panel. Twelfth panel. The kid goes back to reading as the homeless man leaves. Time passes and the sun begins to set. The kid leaves before it gets too dark. Thirteenth panel. The sun has nearly set. The kid stands at the end of an alley in downtown Horizon City. From off-panel, we see sound effects implying violence. Things break. A speech bubble squeezes its way onto the corner of the panel. 
That'll teach you for holding out on us, Gramps. Fourteenth panel. We look down the alley from behind the kid. Slumped in a heap on the ground is the homeless man from the park. Two goons in suits are leaving the alley from the other end, completely oblivious to the kid's presence. We see one of the goons tossing the homeless man's credit card up and down. He says, Ain't no one gonna miss that old fuck. Last panel. There are only words. The narrator from the prior issue returns. Be good. Be kind. Be courteous. Be a hero. The world doesn't care. But do it anyways. It's the right thing to do. Is Drew Carey still hosting The Price is Right? (laughs) Yeah, it's still Drew Carey, but his head is now, like, attached to a robot. Or it's in a jar. Full Futurama. Yeah, they didn't want to bring back Bob Barker, so they were just like, I'll just keep Drew. Trebek, though, still actually alive. Not a robot. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, Yeah, reverse the cancer, gained more life. Jeopardy's evolved to the point, though, where it's like a 10-day marathon, and you just (laughs) have to keep answering trivia questions. Oh, no, it's one of those um, games like Fortnite. Oh, (laughs) a battle royale. It's like Fall Guys. Guys. You You gotta do trivia on an obstacle course. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I like that. I fucking hate all battle royales. I can't stand them. Uh, play, fall, play Fall Guys. I refuse. No, it's so good. Well, you can't. You have an Xbox. Even if it was on Xbox, I would refuse because I hate games where it's not likely for me to win. Oh, get good. Alex, Damn. don't worry. The games don't hold a candle to the book. Just read that. Yeah, that's fair. The Fall Guys book. <laughs> we'll do a, we'll do a, uh, a Fall Guys one shot. It's just some death ops, some D and D death obstacle course. Oh, we're playing the Mega Dungeon. <laughs> we don't talk about the Mega Dungeon. Seth's done with his pickle. He needs to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just salty. It's weird. No. <laughs> no. No. Oh god, the white claws go down easy. Critically a curse. Cut that. <laughs> Critically a curse. Cut that. For the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Chris, so if we just get our characters get drunk, we get to just ignore everything? Uh, no, that's only for Danielle. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, everyone gets their own playstyle drunken uh, character standpoint, <laughs> and hers is to, uh, <laughs> to be oblivious. Right. <laughs> yeah, see? Everyone gets their own drunken quirk. It's cool. Mine's to fuck shit up. I like how I'm doing it. No, it's great. It that was one of the funniest moments so far, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, good job. You're winning the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Grandpa. Oh, how's it going? <laughs> How are you? That's a fun, oh, I'm not doing anything important. That's a fun page. I'm not gonna lie. Hello, Internet. Mr. Critically Accursed coming in with a post-recorded intro to say, wow, issue 12. We're certainly cruising right along. And if you want to be part of all the fun, guess what? As of the release date of this issue, we are still doing our first ever giveaway. 
first place prize to clarify is a softcover core book of masks the rpg along with a dice set from diehard dice it'll be your choice it's a polymer dice set so i don't break my bank account but <laughs> winners uh first place winner will be able to choose whatever polymer dice set they want from diehard dice i'll be in touch with you we'll work that out also four other people four runners ups will also receive a dice set of their choice so we're giving away tons of stuff i mean not tons but <laughs> we're giving away a handful of stuff and i want i want to give you guys dice if you're listening to my voice right now i want to give you dice okay <laughs> that's the long and short of it if you want to know how to enter our little giveaway contest check out the issue description below give it a little reedy read and uh do the things it says in there to do you know a whole bunch of retweets a whole bunch of joining the discord a whole bunch of hanging out make some friends get some dice you won't i dare you <laughs> but uh without further ado here is issue 12 thanks for hanging out i'll catch you at the end all right <laughs> so i'm going to return focus to recharge and seraph okay hold on Oof. we're good all right all right all right i'm a teenager yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. we're plucky yeah uh, yeah my friend is in danger let's go and I'm a freak. Okay. Yeah. We're going to save his friend. We're going to save my brother. But he doesn't know it's my brother that needs saving. You guys had a nice uh, uh, team building handshake. I like it. Good stuff. Quality stuff. As we flip the page from squad Bumblefuck into uh, team A, as I'll start referring to you. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, the first panel of this page? Is it you guys fleeing open the door getting side by side and like doing the you know watch out for each other maneuver or are you just booting in the door what's going on Seth, you, your character's super strong it's got, got a lot strong oh yeah the big strong yeah um papel just look to the uh the giant golden man and just say kick it what why i checked to see if the door is locked as you guys are having this discussion you hear from the other from like a ways beyond the store not right from the other side but you hear from a ways beyond the uh, distant cries of a nerd going, no, stop it. No, kicking it. Not again. Kicking it. Kick it. <laughs> I open it gently and I hold it open for him. Pepple, just kick it. It's a double door. So you guys can go through <laughs> both of your ways. <laughs> they are ready for a big emergency at this place. If the emergency exits are all double doors. So, Seraph, you open the door and then recharge and boots it in. <laughs> the door is open and there's a short hallway with um, like restrooms on one side. But at the end of the hallway, it opens up to kind of like a cafeteria slash food court. You have future McDonald's, future Burger King. They've probably actually combined. So it's, yeah, McKing Burger Stand, uh, Tim Hortons Jr., and some other things scattered around. None of them are being manned or anything. A whole bunch of tables like scattered around, but they seem to have been pushed back to kind of clear the middle of the cafeteria slash food courts. And in the middle is one chunky nerd named William Wendell that Seraph will recognize, strapped to a chair with an obscene amount of duct tape wrapped around him, binding him to the chair. It's like someone used an entire XL roll of duct tape to keep him there. And looming over him is the tall, lanky individual dressed in future Hot Topic attire known as Python, 
who's sticking one finger into his mouth and then jamming it into William's ear and William's just going, ah, no, not again. I will uh, sigh deeply on the scene, peel my hood back, shake out those brown tresses and um, just call out, Seth, come on. What is this? You say that and he um, actually like turns his attention to you and he licks his finger clean and he smiles at you while he does it. But also there's this behemoth of a high schooler, someone who probably in terms of muscles appears similar to how I described the mayor, but he's wearing a football jersey and he's just a square jawed buzz cut dude who stands up and like rolls his neck and shoulders as he sees the two of you walk in. And as he stands up, the chair he's sitting in just like collapses. Uh, can I can I take a guess here? Uh, ox. No. Bull. Rhino. Buffalo. Hippopotamus. Gorilla. He His eyes kind of narrow and he glances over at the individual known as python and then he glances back at you guys and he says it's about time someone brought the fight here and he cracks his knuckles and as he just rushes down on i'm gonna say recharge he just yells the name's pitbull oh pitbull (laughs) mr worldwide (laughs) (laughs) yeah so to, to just like establish the scene so that you guys can react to what's going on. William's bound in the chair and he's just looking at you, Seraph, with these just like wide, tormented eyes. Y- you think he may have pissed himself yet again. It's really unfortunate for him. And Seth is looming over him, licking his finger clean. And this muscle bound dude, Pitbull, is rushing down on you, Recharge. What are you guys doing? I'd like to uh, let Recharge handle Pitbull. Recharge, I guess the ball is in your court. This muscle-bound jock is barreling down at you. What do you do? Um, I'm going to run directly at him. He's, he's like, much... He's huge, right? Like, how tall right. would you say he is? He's short. He's he's one of those stout guys yeah. who just built a Pitbull, muscle. that makes sense. Okay, so we're probably the same height. Yeah. Or he might even be a little bit shorter than you are. Uh, in that case, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to directly engage a threat and then see what happens based on the roll. Yeah, that's fair. So you charge to meet him head on. Give me 2d6 plus danger. Danger! Hey, hey. Six and a four. Ten. What's my danger score? Danger score is a two. Twelve. So with a twelve, you get to pick two options from the directly directly engage a threat list. All right. Then I am going to resist or avoid his blows. So I imagine he runs up, takes this big lumbering swing, and Pep is just going to push his arm down and do kind of like a flip over the back of him, because I think that would be pretty cool in a panel. Yeah. And then um, then I'm going to flip over him and then yank his pants down. <laughs> so uh, Take some, taking take something, something from, from him. him. I'm taking his pants. <laughs> <laughs> taking his dignity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That that plays out. You, you get behind him and you yank down his pants. He whiffs his blow and he just he howls as um you've. Uh, it sounds like you've pissed him off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Um, I'll get to his response to that in a second. Seth, you're uh, Seraph is staring down Python. I think he's might be just waiting to see how you're going to approach this while your buddy fights his buddy. Yeah, uh, I'll sigh, uh, start taking my fingerless glove, gloves off to approach him and just give him a, hey, Seth, sup, freak? And just <laughs> go for a high five. We're going to play this friendly. As you uh, approach, he uh, smiles and says, how's it going, eyeballs? But as you start walking forward, he drags William back a little bit like he's not meeting you for the high five. And he follows up by saying, so sorry, this is business, not pleasure. Oh, um, aren't you like 16, 17? Who's counting? Uh, I'd hope you, man. You see his jaw start to slowly like unhinge and just of its own volition turn into a gaping maw. So what's the business? Tormenting your little friend. Well, that can't be your business. Like he followed you here. You, you couldn't have been planning on doing that. As you're talking to him, Python steps behind William and he starts lurching forward and you can see it's like he's going to wrap his entire mouth around William's entire head. Oh. And William is just staring at you and he's just going, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, uh, I'll put my hand up be like, Seth, hold on a second. Before you, I mean, I don't know why you'd want to put that in your mouth, but before you do that. <laughs> he pauses very briefly. You can see spit dropping onto William's head. He winces every time. Oh, I am suppressing a chuckle. I'll say, look, man, I get the bully thing. I really do. I mean, and it's William. I wish I could blame you more than I do right now. But the duct tape, you're in the city hall during a big festival. What's this actually about? What are you really planning is one of the things you can ask with Pierce the Mask, if you'd like. And we can frame it as a little bit of a dialogue, since you have influence over Seth. Yeah, I think I'd like to do that. Yeah, and I think I'm giving you a plus one for your role against Seth, because you have influence over him, too. I like to think of the the panel of, there's like a close-up of Seraph saying, like, what's the what's this about? And then, like, over his shoulder in the background is the, the pants jock <laughs> just yeah. like, I, I, like yes. <laughs> during the entire exchange you definitely get you and uh pitbull throwing down in the background <laughs> and he's just waddling around with his pants around his ankles all right i'm all mundane uh eight total so you only get one question of the pierce the mask questions what would you like yeah i want to know what he's really planning yeah, let's uh, let's find out. Ooh, give us a monologue, Chris. Are you looking for... Do you want to know why he is here doing the things he's doing? Like, on a personal level? Or do you want to know, kind of like, he's obviously hanging around with some other people. Like, why are the manimals here doing what they're doing? Uh, I think I'm really more concerned with his motives. Like, okay. I, I want to get to know this guy. Sure. Yeah, that's... Awesome, actually. <laughs> Converting villains into allies by just being friendly. Cool, yeah. He, um, y- you ask him that question, and he, he, like, kind of, like, rolls his eyes a little bit, and he pushes up his jaw and rehinges it so he can actually talk. 
<laughs> and he seems a little bit annoyed at having to do that, but he ultimately says, what I want to do is I want to stand out and be the freakiest motherfucker anyone's ever seen. And this kid, he taps William on the head a couple of times, is real easy picking. Uh, I will laugh, just rip my hoodie off and just throw it to the side, flare those wings, and just say, well, bad news, you've got some real competition. And I will attempt to provoke him. Okay, cool. Hold that thought. Okay. Because I, I think it's really cinematic for the, like the, the panel focusing on Seraph to be him throwing off his clothes and revealing these, these sprawling wings. Can you describe that to me visually? Because I don't think anyone here has seen you with your clothes off, Seth. <laughs> thank god <laughs> we had that one gaming weekend but um yeah so it's you know just one fluid motion a la you know cartoon style rip the hoodie off throw it to the side there's no natural light source in here i imagine there, there are windows uh, like far away from you that do give some natural light from outside right right so no no bright sources of light so i'll yeah. have this uh dull golden metallic skin covered in these blinking moist eyes only some of which appear human um you had to say moist <laughs> i did have to say moist darting around this way and that uh sinewy muscle run between them um with this mismatched array of rings of wings sorry coming off my body at a variety of angles no two of which belong to the same bird creature what have you and Right after that, we just focus in on the background where Recharge is having the scuffle with Pitbull. Oh no, leave it Leave and it in the background where both of them okay. turn it's, and Seth and are like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what played out from uh, you uh, dropping this dude's pants is he's definitely like pivoted around to try to take another swing at you, which I think just following along with how you rolled prior, you keep dodging yeah. effectively. And he does definitely waddles a bit as you back up to get some space or whatever. Eventually, he just like kicks his one leg and rips his pants so he can move freer, I guess. And it's shortly after that point that Seraph reveals himself. The both of you <laughs> just stop <laughs> at the same time and look over. And then maybe you look back at each other for a second. Yeah. And then you look back at Seraph <laughs> one more time. <laughs> it's just like this, like, what the fuck? Like the, fi right. the fists are still up and we're just like, right. uh yeah, and then the last one is you guys looking at each other, and maybe you both just shrug and go back into it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So he rushes down on you, and this time you can see his face is red. He's pissed, and he's swinging, and with every swing, he breaks a table. He shatters or, like, whips a chair across the entire cafeteria, and he just, in this process, begins to bust up some of the uh, stores that are built here, chasing you down. Like, now it seems like he's just destroying everything in his path. Mm -hmm. And if you don't stop him, sure, you might get destroyed, but everything else in here might, too. What do you do? I think I'm going to... I'm going to just defend and keep him from destroying things, but, like, focusing on me. So I think the way I want to do that is I want him to start actually, like, landing blows on me, but not anything else so i'm going to be using my power of substance mimicry to harden my skin so he could just start punching that so i'm gonna defend see what happens and we'll go from there 
Yeah, then let's do an Unleash Your Powers, since you're trying to overcome an obstacle of this dude destroying this place by pardoning your skin and taking some blows. Sure. Plus freak. I don't got a lot of that. Uh, But I got an eight. On an eight. So you can either do the thing, but you mark a condition, or I can tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. Let's let's do the, the unstable or temporary one. Okay, sure. In that case, yeah. He starts punching into you, and you're absorbing these blows through substance mimicry and mm-hmm. diverting kinetic energy and all this cool stuff, and you're moving with his motions and his energies, and he's sometimes still missing and punching into things, but you basically start throwing yourself into his punches, and this works until he grabs you okay, and starts slamming you into things. Oh, no. You can probably see, um, like, on the panel where he actually does take a hit, like, the the open jaw that he has probably like chisels up, gets a little more rigid, probably looks a little like stonish. Yes, absolutely. And as you're being thrown around, you're, you're still rolling with the punches and not taking any damage or anything like that. But, but no, I'm the object to destroy property. Yeah. Yeah. What so you slowed him down, but he's still, <laughs> yeah, what else is new? <laughs> story of recharge is like, <laughs> just get whipped around. <laughs> yeah. He's still just like swinging you around. But that's all in the background. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's great that it's all in the background. <laughs> like, there are panels of it, but then, like, the panel of the whatever Seth does next, he's just, like, spinning. There's, like, a blur, like a neon blur of lights. <laughs> yes. Seraph is staring down Seth the Python. <laughs> and I think you were leading into something as you just stripped down. Yeah, I'll flex those wings, uh... I deliver the uh, you've got some competition there line and um, I'm, I'm attempting to provoke him. So when you provoke someone, uh, tell me what you're trying to get him to do. I'm trying to get him to start prioritizing me over William. Like, sure, he's got that easy target here, but I'm trying to present myself as a direct challenge to his dreams and ambitions effectively. Sure. Yeah, cool. Then roll me 2d6 plus superior. And you get to add the plus one because you still have influence over him. Yeah. That's only a six. Uh, wait, superior uh, influence is seven. Okay, so I get to choose how he reacts. So I think, yeah, he, you call him out and he just like looks at you and licks his lips and you see his tongue like actually go up to his eyebrows and he also licks his eyebrows. And then he says... I, of course, welcome competition. And he forcefully pulls down his jaw once again. Like, as he's doing that, he says, let's see who caves in first. And he engulfs William's head. Like, he goes full force on your invitation for a competition, but he's still using William as his primary target. Um, That said, like, he's fully engaged and focused on you right now. You have an additional plus one in your next roll against him. What is Sarah's response to that? Like, just visually does he like stride forward or does he watch it would be a close-up of his face just a look of disgust and then stealing himself launching himself forward at seth gotcha then we'll see how that plays out when we loop back around william is kicking his feet and screaming muffled muffly (laughs) definitely muffled jumping back to the background recharge is getting flung around like a metal baseball bat and uh this guy is just like angry howling as he does it what's uh what's up he's gonna keep going and either you're gonna give out or the environment's gonna give out 
I don't see a move that says regain control. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, let me give you one better. Let me let me set this up and we'll see how this plays out. He's so pissed that he has you in his hand. And you see that like when he notices that he's swinging you around, it, it seems like something like he loses it a little bit more. And you see him like glance over to one of the windows and he starts like pulling back like he's going to just whip you out a window. Oh, fun. Yeah, like he's going way overboard. OK, then I guess I have to. Yeah, I'll try to do that. I'll try to comfort him. So he has me, I assume. Lifted completely above his head. Yeah, he has you like by the legs. Yeah, get, getting mm-hmm. ready to uh, to 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 whip me forward through a window on the 39th floor of this building. Yes, like I said, he's way overreacting. Like that, you no one expects yeah. this. Uh, so I'm going to attempt to comfort and support him mm-hmm. to try to get him to drop me. Yeah, yeah, to see if quelling his yeah. anger can get you to get him to like not whip you out a window because fuck that. <laughs> That's a little yeah. bit too much. <laughs> yeah so what do you say okay uh i'm, I'm gonna say like whoa 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I yeah we'll see if that catches his attention based on your role so it's uh 2d6 plus mundane six and a one is seven plus three is ten ten so on a ten he will open up to you and clear his condition. Okay. But you can also add a team to the pool or clear a condition yourself. I don't have a condition, so let's add a team to the pool. Cool. You and Seraph now have two team points in your pool to aid each other if you so desire. But yeah, so you start saying, whoa, 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 whoa. And he like just like holds you up in front of him um, like you caught his attention. Yeah. Like your words are getting through. How do you follow up with that? I'm like, hey, whoa, pity, pit, Mr. Worldwide. Easy, easy. Was it the pants? It's probably the pants. I'll get you new pants. Just put me down. We can talk about this. You'll get me new pants? What do you have, like a business card I can reach you at or something? <laughs> Those are expensive. Actually, I like, get, I like maneuver to like reach into my suit and pull out a business card. Sure, he slowly takes it from you, and he just, like, cocks his head, like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it's a, so, like, sorry for the property damage, please call this number. I was gonna say he puts it into his pocket, but his pockets have been destroyed. Yeah, he doesn't have pockets. <laughs> he just closes his hands, and he he looks at you, and he's, he says, um, you better come through on this, those were expensive. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy you the same exact, I'll buy you a better pair. Says your name's Recharge? Yep. That's what I call myself. You just remember who's the toughest, strongest motherfucker around. It's Pitbull. And he throws you to the ground. <sighs> but it doesn't look like he's actually gonna... Like, he, it looks like... It seems like he reached him. Yeah. Like, he's not beat red in the face anymore. And uh, you know you can just feel that he could have whipped you on the ground harder than he did. Mm-hmm. I'll, get, I'll give, like, a thumbs up and then just say, like, Thanks, friend. <laughs> he keeps looking at the business card you gave him and he there's a very small speech bubble that says oh this is actually good decent quality look at this card stock <laughs> and then we pull to the forefront of the scene with uh seraph moving forward seraph what are you up to do you just put my buddy's mouth in or head in his mouth um his mouth in your mouth <laughs> yeah looks to me like he's left himself vulnerable I'm looking to charge forward and rectify this situation with a bit of force. So, yeah, that's 2d6 plus danger. And like I said, you now have a plus two because you have influence over him. And he way overreacted to your uh, 
provoking provocation. Nice. Uh, that's a 10. 10. You get to pick two from the list. Well, first off, got to avoid any blows he wants to uh, aim towards me. And then I'm going to take something from him. That something being William. Tell me how that looks. How does that play out? So this guy seems really stretchy to me. I'll just be rushing up, grabbing his top and bottom jaw, and just forcibly removing him from William's head. And then holding him like that, like a like a bass. <laughs> right. And do you like kick William to the side a little bit? I probably like a wing from like like flares up from my hip and just sort of knocks him like skates him across the floor 10 feet stuck in his chair he uh he he's just sobbing his whole head's trenched in mucus it's gross <laughs> but yeah you you have python uh with his jaw just outstretched the next thing you see is as you kind of whip william away is that the tongue uh python's tongue begins coming out and it's like it like just keeps going and before you really notice you can see that like his limbs also look like they're just going to wrap around you wrap around your limbs and try to restrain you like he is stretching and he is very stretchy so he's just trying to like grapple you python grapple you in the in the background i'm, I'm imagining recharge is picking himself up oh yeah of course Anything for the the tail end of that? So the pit bull seems now like disinterested in like really fighting with you for whatever reason, and he's like looking at the business card, and he glances back once at his buddy Python, just now engaged in a weird, bizarre grapple with Seraph, and he seems also like disinterested in that. I'm gonna like look at Pitbull and just say, "I'm gonna go pull my friend out of your friend." Is that is that cool? Yeah, it looks like he thinks about it for a moment, and then he uh, shakes his head and he says, "No, I think you should stay right here." Yeah, two pairs of pants. Damn it, he got me. <laughs> 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 yeah, he, he he like shakes his head and he points at you and he says, "You better make good, or I'm coming for you, Pip Squeak." You got my number. Better work. He actually calls it like as you're going over to help Seraph. I'll answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you answer and he's watching you answer hey bud this is your direct number <laughs> yes do you want me to save you as like pitbull or mr pit mr bull which do you prefer and i'm gonna like grab onto seth's like leg to help rip him out of this grapple sure yeah he tells you you can just put him in his pitbull pity b got it <laughs> um yeah if you're helping seth you can actually spend a point of team and give him a plus one to his role sure just by helping with the grapple yeah, i'll do that cool yeah if you don't use it, Seraph, you lose it. Recharge rushes in from the other side of the room to help you with the weird snake man grapple. How are you resolving this? So I'll need your opinion on this one. On the one hand, yes, there's a physical confrontation going on. But as this is happening, I'd like to be continuing, I guess at this point, it's more of a monologue at Python. As I say, you know, out loud, dude, calm down. Your name is not Python. Your name is Seth. You go to the same high school as me. You're just a teenager. What are you doing? Sure. Yeah, you can roll me to provoke. It's uh, 2d6 plus superior. I'm going to give you Matt's plus one from uh, his teamwork because this dude's outnumbered. So that kind of also gives you more of an advantage to uh, talking him out of continuing this. Cool. Uh, that's an eight plus four is 12. Yeah, you say all that. 
and so recharge is there like grappling a dangly a gangly leg and an arm and stuff and he uh retracts his tongue and he, he definitely like pulls back and squirms to pull back if you let him go he will oh yeah no i'm not i'm not trying to hold on to this guy any longer than i have to yeah and uh he doesn't really say anything as he after you guys release him from the grapple he just like looks at you and then he glances over at william whose head is just drenched in mucus and he smirks a little bit when he's looking at william but then he glances back at you and then at recharge and uh he says man pitbull i don't i don't think we're this is uh worth it anymore come on let's get out of here fuck splice's plan Ooh. and uh pitbull shrugs <laughs> recharge says who just like from off to the side like like you see like part of recharge in the panel and he's just like who <laughs> <laughs> yeah python will start like working his way around you guys they'll just like head out like he, he just gives up on this you know he's done wait 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 wait, wait. but <laughs> yeah as you do he turns around and like holds out his hands and he says splice is the reason we're here he's the one who did this and he like stretches his jaw and his arms and his tongue to all of us so we went along with this little plan it was kind of fun but now it's kind of lame uh question have you seen a kid named Robbie roughly around the 42nd floor? Yay high, mop of brown hair. Oh, yeah, that idiot. Yeah, he's with Splice. Oh. Upstairs, I'm assuming. Great. <laughs> he chuckles a little bit, and as he turns to leave, he just mutters, what a dumb kid. There's a thought bubble above recharge. It's like, well, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's um, Seraph is going to be waving just... All right. Hey, I'll see you at school on Monday. Uh, Python flips you off, but it's a really casual. You're not really sure if there's any ill intent behind it. He just seems kind of defeated, I guess. PDB, text me your size. As soon as they walk out of the room, you get a text message. And it, it just says his size. And it's like two of them. Three X. God, he's wide. <laughs> 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 and i think as we get that panel showing the two of you with a drenched mucus a mucus drenched william in the back and that just a small speech bubble we pull back seth how big is your character um not that tall like he's 15 and not not an old 15 with like the wings and all that he's got to be pretty imposing oh yeah like if he flares the wings those shoot out an extra like three to six feet on each side of him yeah, so I, I like the, the end panel of that little thing is like, my character is probably like 5'7", and then your character is probably like a little taller, but the wings are just massive. We're just like looking at your friend who's just like covered in snake spit. And he's crying, and there's like snot coming out of his nose. There's stains everywhere. and it's everywhere. <laughs> so much duct tape. So um, pulling away from that disgusting mess of a last panel, Todd, Tate... And drunk Valor running to find the source of a woman screaming. And the three of you pass this open hall on, I think it was the 35th floor that you guys are on. It's an open hall with a very tall, nice, like American, not American flag. This is in future Canada. So it's a very tall future Canadian flag. And there, there's like, I don't know, desks and kiosks around here. It's all very official and business-esque-like and politics and bullshit. But the scream came from the hall across the way. Tate. God, I hate that I have to pause every time I say either Todd or Tate to make sure I'm saying that right. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> yeah. One day, one day it'll be very obvious. 
Tate, you're maybe not leading, but you're at the front of your uh, three-man posse, and you see down the way a door in this hall, like, it's open a crack, and there seems to be maybe a young girl, not a child, a girl maybe about your age, peeking through it at you guys. She seems to have, like, wide eyes, and it it seems relatively obvious that she's the one who kind of called out. I'll point. Just be like, there. Yes. And at that point, as you point, and as you enter this hallway, there's a door on the right and a door on the left, both open. And maybe you take lead at this point just a little bit to point her out and make sure you're seeing things right. Todd, you're in line right behind him. Dashing from the open room to your right, running across the hall, Tabitha runs and, like, bops you on the head. And she runs into the room on the left. And as she does so, she says, I'm glad you can make it, Eastwood. Todd's not even going to hesitate. He's going to just charge after her. Yeah, yeah. You rush into the left room. And then picking up the rear, as I just assumed, Sky, you are following these guys. And you see, looks like the dude with the weird black eyes points out something down the hall. You're not really sure what. And then some girl came by and booped your teleporter friend on the head and he chased her into a nearby room oh my god who are all these people and then you get tackled from the side and lifted into the air and kind of volleyed across this giant large room with the the canadian flag in it and you don't take any damage or anything of it uh, anything like that it's all thematic you were just caught off guard whatever I'm mostly doing it to separate you guys and get your own things going. (laughs) A little peek behind the GM curtain there. (laughs) You may even be able to stop yourself in air before you hit the ground and skid a little bit. But you'll see that there's this individual in the air, like flapping two large black wings. And he's wearing this plague doctor mask with this long black leather trench coat on. He just like his head twitches a couple of times as, as if he's maybe like studying you. Oh, wow. (laughs) Now that each of you have been paired up with your own individual bad guy, (laughs) I think it makes the most sense to see what Tate does, because he wasn't directly engaged with at this point. He just sees some girl who seems to be maybe hiding down the hall. Yeah, I'm starting to think that the scream was not like her actually like in pain or danger, considering she's peeking out and looking at us like this especially if i hear two sort of like things behind me and my companions suddenly disappear i'm like what is going on i mean if tate glances behind him he definitely sees like the tail end of all of that happening yeah but like again i came here just to help this guy who said his friend was in danger and now i don't know what's going on except i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's super fair (laughs) It's like, I had my own thing, and it's upstairs, seven floors. (laughs) Um, Do they need help? Like, Todd seemed to just follow the girl, so I think Drunken Valor might need help, but it's also, like, she's a Valor, so I don't think I need to, like, I probably stand there. I'm just like, what is going on? As you're trying to think of what's going on, why don't you roll assess the situation, and we can maybe give you some answers. Okay, so I rolled seven, so that is minus two. Nope, minus four. (laughs) Holy shit. So I got a three. 
you get a three. So you fail. You have no idea, just as you thought. <laughs> um, all of these thoughts come running through Tate's head. He he doesn't know what to make of this. As you said, he got pulled into something. He had no idea any of this was going on. <laughs> the, yeah. the good news is you can mark a point of potential down because you failed a roll. Awesome. Like, I came here to talk to an angel. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right, right. And um, I, I think as you stand there and like watch as your companions kind of got lured or thrown off you hear from down the hall this girl she she just says please please you have to help me they're they're crazy please i will turn around and look for the girl she's still hiding okay like how can i help you do you need to get out we can go out do you approach her or are you just talking to her from down the hall i will approach yeah you approach her and she very like slowly and carefully opens the door a little bit and you, you see this she's like slightly shorter than you maybe a year or two younger than you give or take but she has like shorts red hair like synthetic red hair wide blue eyes she, she's dressed in darker clothing uh kind of having a future emo vibe around her you see her eyes watering off just a little bit and she says i I I didn't know how crazy they were. I swear. I just I just want to go home. Okay. Well, can can you get me out of here, please? I think so. Here, follow me. I like reach out. Yeah, she uh, rushes up to you and like grabs your hands. Awesome. Sticks I will close to you. Run back to the escalators with her. Yeah, yeah. And as you do, she hold instead of holding your hand, she like switches to grasping your arm, and. uh keeps you close as you dart past the room with todd and tabitha past the room with sky valor and Birdman, <laughs> back over to the escalators so we'll get back to see how that plays out with you i think next we can bump over to todd and tabby as uh todd chases her into the room and this seems to be set up like a conference room so there's a whole bunch of chairs set up in like a central podium and there's some windows it's not a big room but it's not super small either. There's, It's a little clumsy to move around just with how many chairs are in here. But that said, Todd, when you chase her in here, you see the the tail end of her doing like a front flip onto one of these um, chairs. And she's doing that thing where she's balancing with one foot on the back end of the chair and uh, the other foot on the actual seat. And uh, she holds out her hands <laughs> and smiles. Todd is just glaring at her right now. Oh, Eastwood, don't look at me like that. I know you find this fun, too. The fun stopped when you betrayed me. Betrayed? You used me. Sucker punched me. And now you've wrapped my best friend up with whatever the hell you guys are doing. Well, I didn't punch you. That wasn't me. That was Pitbull. You knew it was gonna happen. I did know it was gonna happen, but you wouldn't have gone along with it if you knew. The best parts of life are the things that we don't know. That's stupid. I think it's exciting. That's beneath you. <laughs> she, she chuckles and says, oh, Eastwood, are you trying to play hero now? You trying to tell me who I can be, that I can be better than this? I've heard it before, Eastwood. That life's boring. It's not for me. You know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I shouldn't be hero. I'll be my kind of hero. You're right. You're not better than this. You guys deserve to go to jail for whatever the hell you guys are planning. <laughs> <laughs> she she actually laughs and she says you're gonna throw me in jail eastwood really now that's exciting and she um starts like moving around the room um hopping from chair to chair she eventually reaches the podium and crouches down taking a very cat-like stance 
And with a sharp uh, feline-esque smile, she says, I'd like to see you try. Todd's going to lock his eyes on her and show her the po- and use the power he hasn't shown anyone yet. <laughs> and he's going to negate her powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. As kind of a setup to that, like she, she seems to be like waiting to react on you. Um, like she's crouched and pout, uh, crouched in like a pouncing position, I guess. Um, so if you start approaching the room or approaching her a little bit, and you could probably um, bait her into trying to use her powers when it will actually just fuck her over completely. Oh, totally. <laughs> uh, provoking actually also works really well with this, being that if you provoke her into like lunging at you, but if you sap her agility, she'll obviously just crash into a pile of chairs. I'd probably give her a condition for that. I like that. Oh, it's superior. Excellent. <laughs> Wonderful. That's what I'm best at. Uh, so that's a 10 total. 10 total. She takes the bait. You, um, what's the bait that you actually set up? Because obviously you want to instigate her into reacting somehow. How is that? He's going to take one of those old kung fu movie stances and just do the little come at me gesture with his hand. <laughs> Perfect. Great, great. Yeah, and I, I think she springs into action, like arms first, going to like vaults from um chair to chair and kind of a, a pouncing charge at you. And like it's maybe she gets to the first chair and then mid leap after that you shut down her powers and she goes crashing into a pile of chairs. She she yelps like it, it's it looks like it sucks. It looks like it hurts. So basically at the end of that, she's just in the pile of upturned chairs, like uh, grasping one her left arm. And just going, ah, <laughs> like trying to laugh her way through it, but not really being able to. I think for flavor sake, since we've never described how uh, this part looks, I want to say this is like a little bit of a contrast to uh, his other powers. So as the sh- other world is dark, dingy and terrible, Todd gets this golden aura about him. His eyes glow gold. And maybe his hair just, like, flies, not like flies up, but, like, is swept back as the energy just comes forth, is brought forth. Like, that, visually, that catches her off guard, which definitely leads into just how bad she collapses. And, like I said, she just tries to laugh through it, but it looks like she's in a lot of pain. (laughs) She's just covered in a pile of chairs. But before we see what happens next, we swing over to Sky Valor, who has this bird man in a plague doctor outfits like swooping in the air above her and she hears um "Mm, you're inebriated aren't you i can tell you're drunk well that just proves it doesn't it the mighty sky valor i expected more from heroes maybe you should still expect more (laughs) he cocks his head and says um then why don't you show me what you can do? See if you can catch me. And he starts swooping around the room. Great. (laughs) As he starts pulling back to swoop around the room, Sky Valor, you see your buddy with the black eyes leading a young girl you've never seen before across this room. And there's this moment where the, the plague doctor Birdman sees this too, then glances back at you then rips off his plague doctor mask to reveal this like four foot long pointed beak, but like a human head. And he goes to pierce 
Tate, what do you do? Well, I mean, I was I was either going to um, go after him or or defend. Yeah, I mean, going after him can also be defending. Yeah. As long as you stop Tate from getting a beak through his heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to defend someone, I don't think we've ever rolled defend on anything yet. If you roll a hit, you'll keep the person safe and you'll choose one of the options on a partial hits. You'll expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation, but you do defend them. It just costs you to do this. Roll 2d6 and add savior. Seven. So a seven is a partial success. You will save Tate from being impaled, but it's going to cost you or escalate the situation. So why don't you tell me what Sky Valor does to save the day for Tate's? What, what, how does she spring into action? I feel like she's on the other side of him and she flies around real fast and kind of gets in the way so that he has to fight her before fighting him. So she puts herself in harm's way. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense. Sure, she uh, does so. She just in the nick of time swoops in and Tate, you, you can hear the commotion the 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 air moving this bird dude swooping around and you hear your female companion just like screech out and she covers her head with her free arm and holds you tighter and just as you turn around you see this bird man with a sharp beak lunging down for you and in the very nick of time sky valor gets in his way and he pecks at her over and over again and sky valor you're invincible i believe <laughs> yep. The only things that sucks is he gets you in the eye. And <sighs> while your skin can probably shrug off piercing and slashing and maybe your eyes to some extent, it at least irritates you. <laughs> oh, ow. <laughs> right. I'm going to say as he pecks at you over and over again and maybe gets at some of your more vital parts, some of the parts that aren't as invincible as the rest of you for whatever that's worth. I think since... <laughs> That's my ticklish spot. Yeah. No. Um, since that, I'm counting that as exposing yourself, why don't you um, take a condition? Tell me how that makes you feel as you start feeling maybe a little bits of pain, like he's actually getting through to you. Well, the way you describe it makes it seem more afraid, but I was kind of going to go more toward angry. Yeah, definitely go more towards angry. I love it. Yeah, it'll fire me up more. Yeah. I'm getting fired up. Yeah. Nobody's ever been able to, you know, find those vulnerable parts to right. peck at like right. that. The squishy bits. And that makes total yeah. sense because your Sky Valor is still kind of inebriated. So she, it's, it makes sense for her to immediately <laughs> turn to anger and just get pissed off that this asshole bird dude actually hurt her a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I like that. Great, great. Tate, we're going to shift back over to you. That scene plays out. And um, you might even see Sky Valor just like clench a fist super tight or something like that. <laughs> but she's effectively defended you for, and your female companion from an attack. Like on the one hand, it's like that was unexpected. But on the other hand, it's like this is what it means to be a Valor, right? They are heroes. And she just showed me that. So it's very much like a subtle nod. And then I kind of try to speed up so that we can I can get this girl who's freaking out out of out of any sort of danger. Yeah. And I think you totally do. It's a great opportunity for you to get out of harm's way. This bird dude isn't pecking his way through Sky Valor. Not anytime soon. 
The difference is I really want to get her downstairs so -hmm. that I can come back and help. Yeah, that's super legit. And you pull her all the way down the hall and back to the spiral escalator. Are you planning to get on with her or are you going to try to send her down? I'm going to try to send her down. Like originally I was thinking that I would go down with her, but with what's going on, I kind of, I feel now more inclined to just get involved so that I can. Yeah, no, that's fair. I I like it. I think that for someone who has maybe the least invested in this entire scenario, latching onto that is super um, cool. And I think it says a lot about Tate that he's feeling the call to help out. And this is a good opportunity for him to do so. So you bring this uh, young girl to the escalator and um, you tell her. I'll tell her that if she goes down to the first floor, there's a back door that she can get out without like drawing any attention to herself. Are you sure I'll be safe? Are you sure it's okay? I will smile at her like as reassuringly as I can and say, should be safe, but I will give her my number. Yeah, you um trade information. You pretty much just do it with a flick of whatever. Just tap my phone to hers. Yeah, something like that. It's uh, there's a wide variety of ways to do it these days. She's still watering at the eyes, but she gives you this really soft forced smile and she tries to say thank you, but no words come out. It's just kind of like she can't really talk. And then she goes to step onto the escalator, but pivots real fast, goes around, throws her arms around you and goes to give you a kiss. I have no idea what to do because this was entirely unexpected in every way, shape or form. So I probably <laughs> stand there and take it. That was not what I expected to have happen at all. <laughs> Great. So we're also going to make another role that we haven't made yet on this show. Okay. And the role is taking a powerful blow. Oh, boy. No comments from the peanut gallery on that one. (laughs) 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 What an innuendo. I'm not here to judge. You take that blow, champ. You got this. What do I do? So when you take a powerful blow, you uh, roll 2d6. Yeah, you roll 2d6 plus the number of conditions you currently have. So it's right now you only have guilty, so it's 2d6 plus 1. All right, that is a 9. You get to choose one of the following from this list. You lash out verbally, provoke a teammate to foolhardy action or take advantage of your influence to inflict a condition on a teammate. Give ground, your uh, your opposition gets an opportunity, or you struggle past the pain, mark two conditions. And here's what happens. She lays this kiss into you, and Tate's taken off guard. Like, wow, huh, that's fucking bizarre. (laughs) He just doesn't know how to react. And she, like, leans into him with this deep kiss, and he just suddenly starts feeling like his insides are burning, and his skin is tightening, and he feels really dehydrated. And when she pulls back, her pupils are wide, and she has this awful devilish smile and she licks her lips and you just feel like garbage like she's poisoned you yep that's totally what it feels like i'll get it back but i think uh (laughs) one of the things that you said was that like the vulnerable you give ground your opposition gets an opportunity yeah absolutely like that makes the most sense for this situation because it was entirely unexpected like she has floored me by taking an unexpected action, and then it had consequences I was not prepared to deal with. When she uh, sees that you're stunned, basically, and like just struggling through the pain, 
She um, seizes this opportunity to press her hands against your chest and push you back against the wall on the other side of the hallway. And you feel her hands run down your shoulders and you can feel yourself sticking to the wall. We are going to jump back to Todd and Tabitha. So, Todd, you are standing in this room. There's a whole bunch of collapsed uh, chairs. Tabitha's in it. And she like, uh, after a moment of trying to laugh through the pain, she tries to stagger to her feet and um, she she looks at you the whole time, not like, oh, you hurt me, you betrayed me, how how dare you? But like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, she's shocked, but she doesn't hold your gaze for long. She she diverts it and uh, just kind of stands there rubbing her arm. I think I'm going to try and go for persuade with best interest, uh, interests and tell her, you can't beat me. Just come quietly. Uh, we'll call that provoking because you're just trying to get her to do something that you want. Uh, 2d6 plus superior. Doing it. Yep, that's 12. Fuck. Yeah. Um, you had enough? Or do you need to get hurt more before you come with me? She, uh, like, briefly glances up at you, but doesn't, again, doesn't hold your gaze long. She diverts her gaze. She, um, mutters. She just, you barely hear it, but she just mutters, like, I didn't think you could do that. And she looks around the room a little bit before sighing and like shrugging her shoulders and looking back up at you and saying do you intend to hand deliver me to jail for the crime of sneaking in the city hall for everything even if i have to go down with you well that's awfully noble of you but i'd hate to see either of us rotting in a jail cell i guess i'm certainly in no condition to fight anymore now that you took all the fun out of the room but Eastwood, mark my words, you might think that you're real clever, but I don't think you've thought a lot about this, about what you're trying to do, about what you're trying to do with me. No one has it all figured out. Not me. Not you. So if you want to play hero, fine, go save people or whatever. But don't for a second think you know everything. She's, I believe she still has influence over you. Um, you never rejected it. Yep, I did not have the chance to reject it yet. Yeah, this would be your opportunity, but she's trying to shift your labels. Like, I guess she's just lashing out at this point, or however you want to figure it out. But she's telling you, you know, she's trying to reach out to you and just tell you how the world works and where you fit in it. So you can either accept the label shift or you can try to reject it. Oh, I'm going to try and reject it. Yeah, damn. See what we can do. Uh, that is an eight. You get to choose one from the list. I will cancel their influence and take uh, the plus one forward against them. Okay, I've noted down on my end, but you should also note down on yours that you've rejected Tabitha's influence. She doesn't have it over you anymore. And um, you will get a plus one to for at least like this scene. I don't think you're going to roll against her anymore. I think you've actually thoroughly defeated her. <laughs> um, but what is your response to that then? I mean, I haven't figured out yet, but I can tell you I plan on being a better hero than anyone else in this city. She looks down and shakes her head. Good luck with that. And she'll just kind of like go up against the wall and lean against it, rubbing her arm and wait to see if you want her to like leave the room with you or if you want to leave her there. But she's obviously not going anywhere. She knows you had friends, I guess. So she like looks at you and is like, what's the plan? What do you want to do? And before you answer, 
<laughs> we swing back over to Sky Valor and Birdman. <laughs> so this dude's pecking at you a whole lot. And I think once he um, sees that the guy he was trying to target has rushed off, he pulls back a little bit and says, ah, yes, you do have a little bit of hero in you. Let's see if you can stop me then. And he's going to pick up the chase and start flying around the room. What do you do? Try to catch him? <laughs> yeah, sure. Do you just want to, like, outmaneuver him? Or do you want to, like, actually beat him up? <laughs> yeah, I kind of wanted to do that. Yeah, let's totally <laughs> beat him up. That's just directly engage a threat. You're just going to try to fly into him <laughs> and pummel him uh, down. Fight the good fight, if I can. Yeah, because I think that's only... um you, you lose the ability to do one of those things. Impress, surprise, or frighten. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think that's fine. I don't really care about that. I just want to hit him. Yeah, cool. You can totally roll that. Yeah, you catch up to him, and then I'm going to hit him. Nice. <laughs> 11. So 11, you get to pick two from the list that's on your playbook. I'm going to uh, avoid their blows, and my allies aren't near, right? Uh, not really. They're all in different rooms, essentially. Yeah. I'll take something then. What do you want to take? I think the only thing he has, unless you want to snap off his beak and be vicious about it, but I don't think that fits with fight the good fight. <laughs> um, you could take his coat, I guess. He's still wearing that. <laughs> be kind of funny. Yeah, you don't know what's in it. <laughs> sure. Sure. So uh, why don't you tell me what it looks like for you to like directly engage this guy and rip his coat off of him. Wow, how humiliating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I fly, like, so he starts flying sporadically or whatever he's doing, and I fly catching up to him. I'm sure a lot of the alcohol has worn off, not only because of time, but also because of the situation, how it escalated. Um, so I'm flying a little straighter. I catch up with him, and then I just... I hit him. Probably, I, I want to do it, like, head on. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I don't know how I take his coat. <laughs> I don't know how I take his coat. You could just grab it and, like, whip him around a little bit. Oh, yeah. Hit him <laughs> and turn him around. Yeah. Yeah, and just fling him out of the coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so you um, punch him so he spins around in the air, and then you grab his coat and just, like, rip it off of him. Just because, like, you're trying to throw punches and stuff, so it just kind of gets in the way a little bit. You take his coat, and you see him. He is covered in feathers, but his arms have been replaced by giant wings, and he they're black feathers. And he does have a human head that goes into this long black beak with human eyes, but the pupils are different. And he, he just looks completely monstrous. Um, especially without the coat covering more of his bird-like features. And I think when you finish pummeling him thoroughly, he, like, loses <laughs> his ability to fly and goes pummeling to the ground. He, like, bounces off a wall. And his response is, like, he very quickly, like, skitters up to his feet and he watches you holding his coat in the air. And he glances down both the hallways. And you get the impression that, like you've probably unnerved him quite a bit like maybe he's just realizing he bit off more than he can chew and we'll see what happens after we're finished with tates tates <laughs> oh boy when you start like forcing your way through the pain 
of being poisoned, I guess, and start coming to your senses and being like, oh, wow, this is a bad situation. You find that you've been plastered to a wall and she's like standing back, rubbing her hands together, watching you and uh, watching you with this devilish smile. And she uh, leans in a little bit and says, my, oh, my, you were easy. So Tate is definitely going to be a little embarrassed and also quite angry. Um, and he's going to now sort of further explore the aspect of his powers that he's kind of downplayed, which is the fact that when he activates his super strength slash speed, it literally pulls, like, it creates entropy because everything around him starts dying. And so, again, comic book panel style, you see him sort of webbed. You see his face go through those changes of like shock and then embarrassment and then anger. And then you see kind of that conscious decision of, no, this isn't okay. I'm going to get out of this. And you'll see that the color starts dimming because he's going to just pull on his power. So this ideally will have two effects. It'll like weaken the web and the wall. Because, you know, it's all just going to die. And it'll have the extra effect of being scary to her because she will get to actually be the first person to see reality warping around him. Yeah. So which of the two would you be prioritizing? Freeing yourself or like intimidating her and realizing that like she may have picked the wrong person to fuck with? I think the second one, honestly, because okay. he needs he needs to even it out of making her realize that, no, he wasn't easy and she really did the wrong thing. In that case, why don't we um, turn your power use into a little bit more of a uh, skirmish? Um, okay. Because one of the things for directly engage your threat is impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. So the way this will play out before you roll is like she might feel that you're doing something super messed up and she'll probably desperately try to stop it before it reaches its apex. That's fair. So... Uh, 2d6 plus danger. This is one of the things that I'm good at. I got a 10. A 10. You get to pick two from the list. So definitely frighten. And I think in this case, I'd like to resist or avoid her blows. Yeah, yeah. So she, yeah, you start doing this. And I, I think, like I mentioned, you had the black eyes before. Do they shift at all while you're doing this? Yeah. So like normally when I use my powers, like it's, again, it looks like the, the God speech bubbles. So it's black border, gold inside and then black pupil. So they were all black before. And then you just see this growing golden circle. And again, like the color is draining from the panel as this continues. And I think her response to like feeling this, like it takes her a moment to register that you're doing something like she notices something feeling off and she like looks around obviously a little unnerved and when she pieces it together that you're doing something when she notices the shifting in your eyes she basically throws herself at you attempting to put you down by giving you another poisonous kiss but the closer she gets to you the worse it becomes for her and she ends up frantically backing away and uh like falling to the ground and just like staring at you with a real sense of horror and I think in the process of this, I'm just going to give it to you for free. The uh, the webbing does begin peeling away and you don't find yourself constricted anymore. That's a freebie for you, Alan. I appreciate that. Yeah. As she looks up to you 
and she uh, goes to talk but can't. Before we see how that resolves, we jump back to Todd. I believe Tabitha was waiting for kind of like, what do you want me to do now? First, you're going to tell me where the hell Robbie is. With a sigh, she nods and says he's upstairs with Splice, 42nd floor, mayor's office. And what the hell you guys were planning? Splice wants to find something in the mayor's office. Honestly, Eastwood, I wasn't paying attention too much. He told me we could break into City Hall and that we'd probably encounter. She just gestures at you. (laughs) And that it was our job to hold you guys off. Why Robbie? He was looking for powers. I mean, it's the same as anyone else here. Myself. (laughs) Crazy bird guy. The what? Oh, yeah. He was perched out in the main hall. Maybe he's picking through, pecking through one of your friends. Stay here, and he's going to have turn and close the door on her. Yes, as you turn to close the door, let's, uh, let's just kind of bring everything together. I think we get a few panels to show the, the culmination. We were talking in three separate areas. This, this main open grand hall, a side room on the left hall, and the right hall itself where all of you were having your individual skirmishes. And those skirmishes have kind of wrapped up at the same time. You know, the villains are thoroughly put in their place, I think. You guys did a really good job (laughs) in uh, getting through that. Uh, I think at this point, what we're looking at is Birdman is on the ground, and he's looking up at Sky Valor, who just ripped off his coat, and he he glances down both halls. The one hall, he sees the, the young girl cowering away from Tate's. And the other one, he sees Todd just exiting the room that he probably knows Tabitha ran into. And what he does is he makes a break for it. He launches up and he starts flying. And his destination is the room that Todd's coming out of. You guys can react. He's (laughs) like bolting through the air. Um, You guys can tell me what you want to do. How? He doesn't have any powers. Oh, you want to turn off his powers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) in that case we can do the it's not really provoking this time you're just turning off his power so we can do unleash your powers it's a freak i think i actually failed that yeah i think i got a six yeah six is a failure you do get potential though yay i guess you notice it way too late todd and before you know it you're probably surprised to see a bird man (laughs) and you're just not able to to look at him long enough to get off this effect he um, will swoop into the room, but Sky, you can react. You see him bolt out of this main hall into one of the side halls. I'll follow him. Try to catch up. Um, you, you can certainly follow him and catch up. What you'll see, let's see, so Todd failed to shut him down, so he kind of swoops above Todd into this room. And what you see is, as he's swooping into this room, he's heading straight for one of the windows across the room. And Sky Valor, this woman that you've never really seen before, runs to, like, grab onto him as he's flying towards one of these windows. And what do you do? Gosh, I wish I could close the window. Oh, uh, the windows are closed. It looks, it, by all intents and purposes, it looks like he's just going to fly through the window. Or you can just let him go. That's also always an option. He must see justice. Yeah, fuck this dude. Can I just, like, catch up to him and try and grab him? Yeah, you totally can. I think that's going to be another directly engage the threat. Which you can also instead use your uh, playbook maneuver again. It's basically you Superman punching him out of the air. <laughs> eight. On an eight, you get to pick one of those choices. Okay, well then I'll just re- resist. I mean, what else am I... 
I don't want to take anything else from him because that was that was all he had and I don't need anything else anyway. Yeah, that's fine. Real quick, you swoop in and... Yeah, I kind of just wanted to like grab him and pull him down or something. Yeah, and I think you totally do. Um, the chairs in here are already messed up, so you kind of just dra- like grab him and drag him down to this massive pile of office chairs and he uh, he's knocked out cold. Like you, you do that and just the force of the impact knocks him out and... The uh, girl in the room goes back to slump, uh, like leaning up against the wall. Can I uh, reach down to my my uh, wristwatch, my smartwatch, and uh, do call the on um, the detective? Yeah, the detective that I have on speed dial. Yeah, be yeah. Like, I got one. <laughs> you can totally put in a call to the detective, but we're gonna swap over to Tate's. Um, I don't even say hi anymore. I just yes. say got one. He's used to it. <laughs> So, Tate, yeah, you pull away from this wall and you have this cowering girl. You see the tail end of the encounter that has since been resolved all the way down the other side of the building. Um, this young girl's looking up at you and she just kind of mutters. What? What are you? I'll like spit to get the poison out of my mouth. And just say bad luck for you. Um, but God I will damn. try to calm down. And you'll see the colors sort of start returning to the panel, but everything is just a little bit grayer than it used to be. Because that was the first time he's ever done that to, like, actively hurt somebody. And he didn't like the way it made him feel. Because you don't really feel like a good guy. Hurting people like that? No. (laughs) When you start draining life out of everything around you. Even if it is very effective. She holds up her hands and she says... Listen, I'm I'm sorry. Okay, just just let me go. Don't hurt me. I just I I honest. I just want to get out now, please. That's what you said before. I'll let Valor take care of you. She's a real hero. She glances down the hall and uh, she looks back up at you. She uh, kind of sighs. I guess looks rather defeated by the whole thing. So I'll just kind of motion for her to move towards them. Yeah, and I, I think she'll go along with that. Yeah, she totally does. She's um, it, it, This is kind of a weird aside, but we're kind of on the tail end of things now. Just a little bit of mechanic GM stuff. Villains get conditions just like you guys. And there's moves that I can choose from associated with villain conditions. So you inflict a condition on them. Typically, they get to do a move that either relates to their condition or some of their villain moves. And this girl, when she gets a condition, gets hopeless. And one of the things for Hopeless is give up without a fight. So I think she totally just like stands (laughs) up and goes along with it um, because you've thoroughly shown that like she probably can't beat you. Not right now anyways. Yeah. And um, Sky Valor, you call in to Detective Blake. Got one. Aren't you supposed to be at City Hall? Did you get one at City Hall? Something going on at City Hall? Something happened, but it's all taken care of. Uh, City Hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's as you're talking to him, Todd, you, you see all this go down. You're standing at the door and Todd, you also see Tate's and this young, youngish girl like walking over to you guys. You do notice that Tate's eyes are not black anymore. Well, crew, my friend's up on the 42nd floor, I believe she said, right? She, he's in the mayor's office. I'm I'm going to get him. That's where I was headed originally, so that works out well. The mayor's office sounds familiar for some reason. 
Sky, you should stay here and watch these guys. Make sure nothing funny happens. Good idea. The uh, girl in the um, office or in the room with Sky Valor and this unconscious bird man just says, we, we can watch ourselves. You don't really need to. Tabitha. I'll keep you company. Shut up. All I'm saying is it probably really helped to have a Valor along with confronting Splice, especially if you want to make this really authentic Eastwood. No one's going to take your word for it. Ouch. Uh, I'll turn as I'll just whisp. Hey, what's your name? To Tate. Uh, I feel like I'm Tate. I got Tate here with me. The fuck's a Tate? That's more than enough. He's like my <laughs> new best friend. Shut up. Cool. Another nobody in a giant city of heroes. Well, have fun playing. We kicked your asses. la di da guess I'll just wait. She sits down. I'm sure they'll be on their way to take you away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sky Valor, you're playing babysitting duty? <sighs> I love leaving Superman to watch the bad guys. Well, I mean, I gotta wait until they they come take them away. Then let me do something interesting. As they're walking away, and as Tate escorts this young girl into this room so that, Sky Valor, you can babysit all three of these villains, it, it comes back to you a little bit. Now that you're more sober, you know, you're kicking off some adrenaline from the fight, and you just remember tidbits of what uh, the secretary, the mayor's secretary, told you. And she said, there's only one rule, only one real rule you need to follow, and that's... Don't enter the mayor's office on the 42nd floor. Oh, yeah, I do kind of remember that. <laughs> yes, and you also know that Tate and Todd are off to the mayor's office on the 42nd floor. Oh, wait, guys, don't! <laughs> she peeks out from the room and yells down the hall at you guys. What? <laughs> too, we can't hear her. We're too far ahead. Oh, no, I don't have super sound. I call them if, if my phone, you know, if I knew their number. I don't know. What's your number so I can call you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can you do like an airdrop for numbers? <laughs> like you're in the immediate vicinity. <laughs> Fucking airdrop. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. It, it sounds to me like we can probably top off this particular collection of scenes with Tate and Todd heading down the hall and Sky Valor in the background peeking out of this room and her speech bubble just yelling after them. Guys, wait, don't. <laughs> but like in a very uh, small speech bubble yeah yeah because she's so far back more or less we can probably end this section of our volume one finale on that with both teams having regrouped and conquered their weird manimal adversaries and both teams minus sky valor i guess off to the mayor's office on the 42nd floor. At least for now, until she realizes that it's probably more important to join us than it is to babysit. Yeah, but we'll see what happens next time. I'm sure the detective will be there soon. Some real gold there. There was some quality stuff there. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Make sure to tune in for The Manimal's True Plan. <laughs> I like how everyone's guessing her animal. It's great. <laughs> yes, Seth, everything I do is lame. Surely you've caught on by now. <laughs> I'm just saying, if she's draining his fluid, she could have been a hagfish. Yeah, well... They're also sticky because of mucus. Hagfish is a lame villain name. You're lame. (laughs) 
Hello, Internet. It's me, Mayor Michael Carmichael, popping in to let you know that if you've enjoyed the content you've heard today, well then, you should let the Critically Accursed crew know what you think. I hear that they're pretty cool people and would love to hear from fans. Ooh, yeah. More importantly, in terms of an ending for this, the most awesome of volumes of tabletop content, they have a few more episodes in store for you before the volume's over. So stay tuned, grab your favorite snacks, settle in. Because there's more content coming your way. <laughs> We're not quite done yet. We have maybe about three more episodes to uh, hit you guys up with before volume one's over. I, for one, have particularly enjoyed all of this. <laughs> it's been great seeing heroes coming together for a uh, quote-unquote grand finale of our fir- first uh, story arc. So I hope you've enjoyed. If you have, let us know. If you haven't, I, I guess also let us know. I don't care. <laughs> My self-esteem can't get much lower than it currently is. So <laughs> until next time, goodbye. Superhero.